Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Sylvia Schneider, who tells stories and shares information about Canada's horse community on the podcast called Equinely Inclined. Welcome. Thank you. Seen and Heard in Edmonton is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. ATB Financial is making it possible for us to build this network to help podcasters create and businesses succeed. And you'll hear more about that later in this episode. All right, Sylvia. So how do you describe what Equinely Inclined is about? Equinely Inclined is a podcast um, for the equine community, about the equine community, and it's basically educating people about um, things that have to do with horses. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of myths and myth misperceptions out there about the, you know, equine, and uh, we just like to let people know a little bit more about what they may hear. And there's also like a whole vibrant culture and, and so many events and like... Horse people, I come from horse people. I'm not a horse person, but I come awesome. from horse people and and uh, they have their own language and their own, I don't know, culture, yeah. right? It's true, yeah. it's true. So I feel like you guys, you and Diana Balber, your, your co-host are part of what keeps that culture alive. Yes. Yeah. So you started it 10 years ago, which is forever <laughs> in podcast land, right? And what? I wanted to start it earlier, but just didn't know how. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and, and it was technically difficult when you started your podcast. It, so was, it was, there were a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so much more accessible both to producers and consumers. Yes. Now. Yes. So what possessed you to do this hard thing? You know, I think that I have to go back to the very beginning, and that's a long time back, if you can bear with me. Mm -hmm. But in the 80s, we moved out to a land that's in the middle of nowhere, my husband and I. And we bought that land, 15 acres, because it was not good agricultural land. So I wanted to keep horses on it, though, and I thought, like, I'm not taking it from farmers, right? right. They're not going to farm it. And I didn't realize what I was getting getting, <laughs> getting into. Um, and all I cared about were horses. I had like all my little kids I was raising. And um, I just wanted to find out what was going on with horses. So I would phone long distance. We were actually on a party line. And there was no internet. Right. And I just, I would phone long distance to the uh, tax shops in the city and say like, what's going on with horses? Can you tell me? And in my head, I said, wouldn't it be nice if there was just one number you could phone to find out everything that's going on with horses? So fast forward to the 90s, I didn't know what the internet was. And I <laughs> hated computers because in my mind, computers reduced people to a number. They, demean, they were demeaning, they, you know. And so anyway, I did find out about news, alt news groups. So I so was. This was before the web. This was this, like this just was like before the web. Yeah, message boards. And stuff. Message boards. Yeah. So I was talking with people on message boards, not realizing I was using the internet. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. Anyway, I found out what the internet was, and I said, "Hmm, that's my one number." So I started up a website called Alberta Equine Online, and I grew it. And I always wanted to do more. I would actually go down to the uh, River Valley and, and talk to people and interview people at the horse shows. And I thought, if only I could do this in audio and put it up on the web. But we're talking 14.4 modem, 28.8 yeah. modem. <laughs> like you don't, 
And actually, if you listen to our podcast, even to this day, the sound quality is not super high because we know there are places where people are very lucky to be able to download it at the level of, of sound quality that we can provide. So you don't want to give them like 500 megs. We don't want to yeah. give them a super huge file to download. Yeah. Wow. So that's how it started. I always thought like it would be so much easier if we could do this in audio huh. and reach more people. That That is so like, <laughs> I don't know anybody who got into podcasting like that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, kind, of, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. So how has the podcast changed over the years? Well, we used to do things that um, were very timely in terms of, um, of news and events and that sort of thing. But then we thought like, oh, these are aging, so they're not going to be the kind of thing that people may come back and listen to. Well, I'm not sure if people like that anyway, because we have people downloading our very first episodes to this day. Really? Yes, we do. And uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe they're listening to the interviews, skipping over the news and events. But um, when we try to talk to people and find out what do you like about our podcast, it's very difficult to get people to interact with us. Mm. We have heard they love our chit chat. They love to listen to us chat about our difficulties with horses and our adventures with horses. And they love the interviews. So we don't do so much news and events anymore. We're doing more like sometimes book reviews, movie reviews. We still chat and we always have interviews. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you end up going to a lot of um, horse shows and, and workshops and that mm-hmm. kind of things. And you find such interesting people that n- like nobody else in my circles interviews you know the these the guys that are you know pioneering in this new kind of training or whatever yeah, yeah. it's uh, we're a little bit audacious that way i guess yeah <laughs> but you know i mean they need their story heard too and that's what we like is we aren't so much into the news of what's happening right now as more into hey how did you get here to this point in your life where you're a clinician here or you're an Olympic rider? Like what happened in your life? And it's always interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that you do is talk about your own horses. And sometimes that is uh, emotional and painful because yes. I mean, they're living creatures and bad things happen sometimes. Yes, so yes. Um, is, is that therapy? It's not so much it's not so much thera- therapy or therapeutic. I want people to understand things happen. This is what you might go through. And this is how much money you may feel you need to spend in order to get to the point where you can say goodbye to this animal. And sometimes you know what? You don't have to feel bad if you can't take it all that way cuz sometimes you may have it may have been better to stop at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know. It's a very difficult thing, but there's so much pleasure to owning a horse, and there are many, many, many lessons to be learned. Yeah, and yeah. I, I find that you and Diana have, I, you must, how long have you guys known each other? <laughs> About 35 years. Yeah, so the depth of your relationship comes through too, right? Yeah. And, and, and and we can hear you... Um, commiserating with each other and also understanding deeply what what this way of life is like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a different one, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we don't have, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but we don't have a lot of 
windows into rural life mm-hmm. um, in in any kind of media. Yeah, well, you know, every society has become very urbanized, and to me, it's very important for people to understand more about rural life, more about animals. Some people think they understand how horses think because they think they think just like people, right? but they don't. Their brains are not developed that way at all. And in some respects, you gain a lot more from being around horses because they're very much in the moment. Mm-hmm. You've talked before on your show about uh, how intuitive they are and how they will sense things are wrong before you do because they evolve that way. Right? They're very focused. They're prey, they're, um, prey prey animals. I mean, like if lions wanted to eat horse, like they're, that's the perfect prey is a yeah. horse, right? Yeah. So, um, so they're very, they're very in tune with what's going on in their environment, maybe more so than what you realize. And, uh, so they're, they're very interesting and they have a very small forebrain. So they do not plot and plan. <laughs> they do not say, oh, she's coming out to ride me today. I don't want to be ridden. I think I'm going to plot something. They don't do that because right. they, they can't, they just come out they say, hey, look, um, you know, like, let's go, let's go ride or whatever. Like, they're very much in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to come back to Equinely Inclined because you, so you started it 10 years ago when it was really hard to solve a problem that you, that you had around communication. You guys also went on a bit of a hiatus and yeah, then you did. came back. So mm-hmm. why did you stop and why did you restart? We're trying to figure out why we stopped, but we both have a lot of things going on in our life. And... Like without getting too deeply into it, I have a lot of things that I have to manage for other people in my family. And I think like I'm going through a little bit of that right now. And I think maybe that's what happened is it just got too tough. And pro- possibly Diana had some things going on as well. It's it's not like this is something that we get paid for. No. This is a labor of love. It is a passion of ours. And we just need to get the information out to people and if we have listeners and we know people want to hear it, then we're happy to produce it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but life does get life, in the way. Life yeah. does get in the way. And yeah. so we actually are thinking of taking another little break here for a month and a half over summer because Diana teaches riding lessons as well. And wow. so summer, she doesn't have an indoor facility. She's actually couldn't attend today. Unfortunately, she's teaching lessons. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so we both have regular lives that we we do things yeah yeah and i would say that part of your regular life i think is that you also spun a an internet ish business out of (laughs) your your search to end your rural isolation well (laughs) yeah um website design and development is what i've been doing since 1995 so my tagline is intelligent web and internet solutions since 1995 but the other half of me because i'm very split because horses and technology unbelievably my life is my other tagline so yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing to balance. Yes, yeah, D- two sides of a very broad spectrum or something. Very, yeah, very different. Very <laughs> different. All right. Well, I have more questions for you, but let's take a break and we'll have a word from our sponsors, and then we'll come back. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by ATB Financial, founding sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network. I'm here with my daughter, Elizabeth, who was kind enough to talk to me about her bank account in episode 72. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Mom. So before, you mentioned quite 
uh, vociferously that it took us a really long time to get around to getting you a bank account, right? Uh, yes, it did. One might even say a ridiculously long amount of time. Right. And part of, I think, what bugged you about that is because your younger brother got a bank account before you did, right? Yes, he did. And how did he do that, Mom? <laughs> well, it's because the, uh, the bank account came to him, in a way. So he was lucky enough that Junior ATB came to the elementary school in our neighborhood a couple of years ago, which was too late for you because you had already moved on, but it was just in time for him. And so he got to do some banking at school. Lucky for him. Yes. <laughs> Not lucky for me. <laughs> and mom, do you think it made it easier for you to get him a bank account having the support of ATB there? Well, it certainly was handy because all the paperwork was there and we could just sign up and I didn't have to like take him to the branch or just remember to fill out the paperwork elsewhere because they were kind of asking me to do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, students got to run their own in-school bank, taking deposits, accounting money, and having meetings and all that kind of stuff. And ATP staff also visited the school to help with the banking days and the board meetings. And it was really nice because they volunteered for other activities that we organized when I was on the parent council. So it was a very, very nice connection to the community. Junior ATB is a good step, I think, towards financial literacy. And that's really important to you, isn't it, Elizabeth? Uh, yeah, it kind of is. Because <laughs> you just, uh, you're starting high school, and of all the options that you could have chosen, one of them was introductory financial management. Yes, introductory financial management. So what possessed you to want to spend uh, your, your uh, 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 some of your option time on that? Well, I think it's really important for young people, teenagers, people in the 10 to 18 demographic to understand how to handle money, especially as we're getting closer to buying more expensive things and even moving out on our own. I'm not that close, but I'm terrifyingly close is how I describe <laughs> it. Um, it's really important to know how to handle money, how to make sure that you can afford the things you need. And I find that anywhere I can learn about that is a very valuable resource. Excellent. Do you want to know anything more about that? Uh, yeah. Am I getting paid for this? You are getting paid in ice cream. Good enough for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we will link in the show notes to more information about Junior ATB. And I just have to say that these kinds of things happen because ATB listens. So learn more at atb.com slash listen. All right. We're back. Um, this is Sylvia Schneider of Equinely Inclined, and I want to know, what is the most rewarding part of doing your podcast? Mm, the most rewarding part, to me, is just getting the information out there. And we have a Facebook page. So when people um, acknowledge the fact that we've posted things, when they give us the thumbs up, that's always satisfying. And yeah, we'd love to have even more interaction with our people. Yeah, We've actually tried working very hard to get a 1-800 number going so people can contact us. But we've been doing that for a year and the only thing we've uh, gotten on the 1-800 number is three times dead space. Oh. So I don't, I don't <laughs> know if people are afraid. <laughs> to, I'm st we're still trying to figure out how to, how to interact with our people. Yeah. But, you know, the, one of the most satisfying things for us, I think, is meeting and talking with all the people we interview. They are absolutely amazing people. 
And the satisfaction of hearing them say, yeah, like I go through, through some really tough times and, you know, like sometimes I don't know if I want to keep going and I'm going like, yes, but you have to keep going. And I understand that. And every business owner is like that. So there's lessons to be learned all around. And I think you often talk to very eloquent, very intelligent people mm. who probably never get a chance to talk into anybody else's microphone because it's just not covered, right? Well, you know, it's really, we always get people complimenting us saying like we're the real deal because like a lot of times a journalist will come and cover something, but they're not, they don't, they don't have a background. And we've actually had people say, well, this is a really complicated topic. Are you sure you want to get into this? And we'll just like, yep, let's do her. And then they come away going like, wow, that was easier than we thought it would be, you know, because you guys actually do have a background in horses and understand what's going on. Yeah. You don't have to like stop everything and say, hang on, what's a fetlock? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. right. Um, What other media is out there for horse lovers? Oh, you know, there are other podcasts. There is another podcast that started uh, a long time ago, about the same time we did, but we haven't followed it much. And like there is um, the one we were actually interviewed on. I was interviewed on it like back in 2007, The Mm. Stable Scoop. Okay. And I think Glenn Hebert has put on a bunch more um, different podcast things. I haven't been able to follow them because when you get busy doing your own, it's like, uh, like you're really focused on your own. Yeah. and aside from that, I mean, there's a huge community of, of people out there. So any of the people that we interview, often they have blogs and podcasts as well. They're not local. They're in other provinces. But yeah, it's um, it's worth, if, if you listen to the podcast, Equinely Inclined, you might get some ideas of places that you can but go. Things and are out there. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to cover more of those as well. Yeah. As part of what we do. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to my grandparents' basement had stacks and stacks of old uh, Western Horseman magazines. Western Horseman. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I don't know if that area has been as disrupted as the the rest of the magazine world and, and there, print media world. There are still magazines out there, very much so. Um, and I think that that's important because, it, like I say, a lot of rural people don't have the big pipelines to bring down a lot of information and we used to encourage people hey if you can if you can burn this to a cd and share it with somebody go ahead go for it you know because sometimes that's the only way you could do it plug it into the truck and listen to it on the way to a show or on the way to clinics yeah i think podcasting tends to be seen as a very urban kind of thing so I don't know, do you, do, how much uptake do you think there is in, well, let me preface that by, or back up because I think urban people like me have a stereotype that rural people are not technologically <laughs> sophisticated, but then when you look at some of the, you know, um, harvesting equipment those guys use and the, and they're it's very high tech and it's very sophisticated and so maybe that's just a, a, a dumb misconception about how sophisticated rural people are they actually are much more sophisticated than people realize or understand there are st- uh, stereotypical feelings about rural people and yet I always say never assume always enter everything with an open mind and you'd be surprised at what you um, what you come to learn, um, never say, um, never assume that you know what people are thinking, 
And if somebody says something, think in your mind, well, that's interesting. I wonder why they said that or did that or then always ask about it because you will be surprised how much you learn. Yeah. And there is, um, there's good reasons to have hands-free, eyes-free entertainment when you're out on the land, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we have never gotten into video um, simply because of that fact. You're really busy as a horse person or as a farmer or whatever, and you don't have the opportunity to sit down and watch videos. Now, if it's a training video, that's a different story. And we have done a few videos, Diana and I, because we're looking at um, broadening what we do and doing a little bit something extra. So, yeah, I, I hear you sometimes like talking about, oh, we should Facebook Live that. Have you have you experimented with that much? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we've done some Facebook Lives. Yeah. yeah, I was actually thinking maybe I should have done one oh, here today. Oh, <laughs> probably. That's, you're smarter than me. <laughs> Uh, you started a Patreon campaign, and lots of people in podcasting start Patreon campaigns, and 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 they're often hard to get going, and and sometimes they work out, and sometimes it's a slow burn. What have you learned from that? I so think that if I would spend more time focused on promoting that sort of thing, um, I may have more return on my investment. But I haven't, I haven't invested a lot. So it's something that's there. We talk about it on every episode. People know that, you know, we, we really could use some support because <laughs> the, even the equipment's getting old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I think a Patreon thing is really good to pursue. I have noticed that they are actively updating what they do. And I haven't even had a chance to go in and see what else is available on the Patreon page. Um, I tell people that if we don't produce, we uh, stop the system from taking payment from our patrons. Yes. And that is very true. We had one little month where we didn't produce anything and I stopped the system from taking. And as soon as we started it back up again, I reenacted the system. So even though we are thinking of taking six weeks off this summer, I may focus on adding a lot more things to the Patreon page so I wouldn't stop the system from taking payment. It would be there for patrons. They would have some, some yes. yeah, yeah. Um, content or other yeah. perks that are available. Yeah. But I do respect the fact that people are making that payment and in that in return, they would like to see something. Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on what they think they're paying for, right? Because um, if they feel like they're paying for the content in a way, then then I can understand that. But if they're paying just to encourage you or to to keep you know the lights on or to signal that this is important to me yes then those things don't really expire when you go on hiatus right (laughs) (laughs) well i'm respectful of the fact that my my duty is to produce and if i don't produce they don't pay yeah um it's interesting that you do mention the changes that patreon is 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 rolling out and i think Mm -hmm. that it's going to be an ever-changing area because there's so so much need for other sources of revenue for people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I understand that what they are doing is um, kind of building up some of the um, customer relationship management or or patron relationship management tools so that if someone, you know, you can follow up on people and and say, hey... You, you mentioned that you were interested in my Patreon. Would you like to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's getting more salesy, but probably in a smart way. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest challenge for keeping the podcast going? Um, 
I would say time, mm-hmm. uh, working two people together, uh, getting int- always getting interviews. And I mean, I, I like to thank the people that we, you know, whose who's <laughs> clinics and events and everything that we crash, but, but they know too, we're trying to help others. And I, I would say that those are the biggest challenges. Also technology, because I started it so long ago and really the technology, the way it's being done right now is probably ancient and I should look at a new way of doing it, yeah. but it all takes time. I know I went to the social media marketing world in 2016. I talked to one of the podcasters there and I was talking about the feed and what I put in the feed and he says, wait, he says, you're actually working with the feed? And I said, yeah, I said, well, that's the way I started. And he said, that's kind of dangerous. If you make a mistake, I mean, you could really jeopardize your, your podcast. And wow. and I said, yeah, I, I know, but I check every time. And as soon as it says that there's a mistake, I may, I correct it and I whip up the new version. So it's, it's, you know, like I know that we could be doing things better in terms of technology. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll, maybe, you'll, maybe this summer, maybe you'll have time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do want, I want to geek out a little bit more about the technology before we could take our next break. Um, cause what, what kind of rig do you use when you go to live events to record on? We use the same thing we use all the time and it's a zoom, mm-hmm. um, H four, I think it is zoom H two or zoom H four. I'm never sure which it is. I'd yeah. have to have it in front of me and look, and that's what we use. And we try to find the best place we can to do an interview that's quiet, doesn't have a fan running, doesn't, you know, have all those things. And back, <laughs> back in our palatial studio, which is our spare bedroom covered with blankets and everything else. That's where we uh, do the recording. And I had to laugh so much when I was listening to Andrew, when you interviewed him and he said that he created a, a blanket fort. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, like, Andrew. Oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> that would be so much easier. <laughs> well, I think they actually like are crouching under a table with blanket around yeah. it. So I don't know. This is um, sure. uh, Andrew Paul who produces uh, I Don't Get It, the yeah. dance podcast. Yeah. That's so, and yeah. just put cushions down and yeah, yeah it's like the, a casbah or something yeah. <laughs> something to absorb all the all the little things and yeah we, yeah we turn off the furnace and we turn off um anything that's going to be making sound so when it gets really cold after we've yeah <laughs> after we've uh, recorded i go like oh yeah i forgot to turn the furnace back <laughs> on such hardships that you do to keep us informed All right, we'll take another break. And when we come back, we're going to hear about uh, any local independent media that Sylvia recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation, which acts as a bridge between donors and charities to help create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. The Edmonton Community Foundation produces a really great monthly podcast called The Well Endowed Podcast, which gets its name from the fact that the foundation helps donors set up endowment funds to support good works in our community. I had the great pleasure of being interviewed on the Well Endowed Podcast, talking about the Alberta Podcast Network, and you can find that conversation on episode nine. That episode also has a very moving interview with John Hall, who spoke about the legacy of Gail Hall, his wife, and a tremendous contributor to our community. 
The September episode of the podcast features a queer history tour of Edmonton with Darren Hagen, the accomplished playwright and director who originated the Edmonton Queer History Bus Tour. So we get to go on that wet, on that podcast on a version of that tour with him and the producers of the Well and Down podcast, and I think you will find it eye-opening. It's sometimes sad, sometimes triumphant, and very much uh, part of our history that's worth knowing. You can find this podcast and more at thewellendowedpodcast.com. It's also available in Apple Podcasts and on Google Play. And The Well Endowed Podcast is an affiliated member of the Alberta Podcast Network. So you can also find it at albertapodcastnetwork.com. All right. So, Sylvia, what do you recommend that people listen to or read? Before I get into that, can I just say that I really would like to thank ATB for for taking this on because I think it's so important and I really appreciate ATB. I'm a customer of them. Excellent. Well, that's that's an extra plug. Thank you. No problem. Okay, so yes, and thank you for making me do some research on local podcasts because, you know, I could have gone to, you're you're the curator of of (laughs) local podcasts and I could have just gone to your uh, newsletter and said, oh, yes, let's have a little listen to these. But no, I'm going to be a do-it-myself kind of person. So I went out looking and I found some delightful podcasts. Um, let's Find Out Oh yes, by Chris Chang-Yen Phillips. Uh, he does a local history podcast um, and he's the Edmonton Historian Laureate. Mm-hmm. So it's under the education and I just, I want to go back and listen to them all. And <laughs> it was really interesting when I went looking for them because I found an ad where they were looking to employ and the deadline was May 29th, but I looked at what they needed for criteria and 16 hours, I always talk about 15 to 20 hours for each episode and it looks like it's right, yeah. right on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he did a delightful one on dinosaurs and I, I love that one, yeah. <laughs> I love the way he did it. He was out in the field, he was interviewing, he was back in a classroom talking. It was just great. So listen to that one. Let's find out by Chris Yang, Chang Yen Phillips. Uh, the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast by Full Swing Productions. Mm. TV and movies, that's the category. And I didn't really, I caught the names and I thought it was Nat and Scott. I don't think it was Matt. I think it was Nat okay. and Scott, but Full Swing Productions, the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. And they, I think, are mostly Edmonton oriented. They do talk about stuff in Calgary. And uh, I caught an episode on Heartland Digital Media. And oh. Heartland is a, a, a magical, famous um, TV series that has been going on for 10 years now. Yeah, and we've yeah. actually interviewed some of the characters who are on that. But they are doing amazing things. And it's really nice that the Alberta Filmmakers podcast highlighted what they're doing. Yeah, They're mashing things up. So I want to listen to more of their episodes yeah, as yeah. well. Um, And then, of course, I'm sure you're going to be familiar with this one, the IABC Edmonton podcast by Marvin Polis. Yeah, it's it's kind of a new thing, I think, that he's kind of recently started, or maybe the the feed goes back. I, you know, I didn't see how far back it went, but I just listened to the most recent one, and I think this would be great for entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone that cares about communicating. For sure, which has to be all of us, right, really? Oh, yeah. 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 So um, there were a few others I found, but I'm just going to talk about an actual video one I sit down and watch every morning. And it's kind of interesting because it stems from my technology bent. We have a Tesla. 
Oh. And so this guy talks about Teslas, and that's how he got into it. But he talks about more than Teslas. He talks about his family. So every day he makes a video that includes information on electric vehicles, Teslas, his family, what they're doing, challenges they run into. So it's it's it it's really all over the map. It's very eclectic, but wow. it's fun, you know? And what's the name of that, that channel? It's, it's, okay, so if you look up Mike Subasic on YouTube, it's called MickTV, M1KTV. Okay. Yeah. I never would have heard about that, so thank you for drawing that to our attention. That's yeah. That's cool. Excellent. All right, so I guess I, I will end up with by asking for your advice for someone who's considering doing a podcast about... Uh, some, some niche thing that they're really passionate about, like you are. They need to be really passionate about it. They have to understand that they may not make money on it. They may use it as something that enhances something else they're doing. Um, find out all the most current information. And if you can get help and pay somebody to do it, you know, to set things up for you, you might be better off. It might save you indigestion. Right. <laughs> and, and money yeah. in the future. So, um, yeah, and I would say if you can do it with somebody else, great. But the easiest thing to do is bring in other people who have that same passion that you can talk to once a week and or, you know, however long you're however often you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would say be consistent. We are not always consistent. We try very hard. And uh, I, but I know that listeners appreciate consistency yeah excellent advice well so thank you so much for coming and talk to me that was really interesting it was awesome to talk with you today thank you so much for inviting me you can subscribe to equinely inclined in apple podcasts and you can also find it at equinelyinclined.com and equinely inclined has an active facebook page as well so you can see what they're up to and maybe catch a facebook live video and when they remember to, to whip out the phone sylvia herself is on twitter at sylvia schneider um, oh, and don't forget to support the, uh, the, their, their Patreon campaign. It is at patreon.com slash equine podcast. I'm sure you won't remember all those things, but that's okay because I'm going to put those and Sylvia's recommendations in the show notes at seenandherdyeg.com. If you subscribe to my newsletter at seenandherdyeg.com, you'll get complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. And if you visit albertapodcastnetwork.com, you can sign up for updates on the network that we're building powered by ATB. Many thanks to Castria for helping me produce this podcast. You can find out how they can help you at wearecastria.com. Thanks for listening.